EBI was this weekend. We have Vinny Magalhães coming up on the show today. There is tons going on, which means it's time for Verbal Tap, the show that is, I mean, we proved time and time again it's easier to fight not inside the elevated mat platform with Eddie Bravo right there. I am your host, Kevin. With me, of course, Raf Esparza. Raf, how are you doing post-EBI and all of the craziness? Great. I saw a lot of jiu-jitsu. How much jiu-jitsu did you see? I feel like that's a joke setup. How much jujitsu did you see? Uh, I have no joke for it, but um, a lot. Basically, uh, EBI or the Eddie Bravo Invitational, they had their second incarnation Two. over in Florentine Gardens in Hollywood. And it was, man, the caliber of jujitsu that you see at this kind of thing is exciting. And yeah, it's. And it- it is kind of one of those things where you're watching it and it, it it's crazy. And I, I want to describe what it looks like to you. But go ahead. Ask your question real quick. I was just going to preface. It's an invitational only. So obviously yes. Eddie's identifying people and, and his crew that help him run it. They're identifying top competitors. They're obviously trying to push the limits a little bit on stylistic of jiu-jitsu. They're trying to get a good aesthetic with it. Um, you were part of the invitational crew to come cover it. Yeah. My question is, go through the setup, because last time they had people on, like, warm-up mats waiting. Mm-hmm. Did they do mm-hmm. that same sort of thing that looks like they were in, uh, you know, almost like jiu-jitsu prison in a good way? Just, like, almost bull cages. Did they do that yeah, same yeah, setup? Yeah, yeah. It, it is similar. So what they had is they have two platforms that are their sponsors, so not hate on that. Sure. No. Uh, you know, you want to get people to see those things, because them pays the bills. But um, it looks kind of like American Gladiators. Awesome. Is that they're standing on these giant platforms while they're waiting to compete. And I'm looking at – and you feel weird because you're watching them warm up. And some people really embrace it and are like jumping up and down or getting there. Some people just put on their hoodie and just kind of sit down. Uh, you know, it's it's the whole different spectrum of uh, what happens on a competition day. But I think the real – Interesting thing about it. So it's at like a club, if you would, like a nightclub. And they have an elevated platform. They have tables alongside, a whole bunch of, uh, you know, seats on the ground. But like that you can actually see the matches because not like – They've got a DJ. I don't know that part. They don't have a DJ. Calm down there, Oprah. Um, (laughs) The way it's working is is like you're looking at it and and there aren't very many bad seats in there either. So it's a nice setup. You can see all the things that are going on. They've got some good multicams happening. They're shooting it from every angle because they're going to release it uh, soon. I don't know exactly the details of that. But the, the actual matches themselves, when they're fast, are difficult almost to keep up with. That That's how crazy it is. Yeah, it's no gi. And from what I've watched of the first one, I have no idea of what happened in this one. Pretty much everyone brings a, a sort of really good bottom stylistic craziness it, to it. You want to say it's a it, just that kind of bottom game, but th- there's some relentless people who, as they're attacking, there's a creativity in what they're doing. And I, I really appreciate that. So what they're doing is they're taking elements of obviously no gi, and Tenth Planet is a huge part of it. But yeah. there's also other people that you see competing who aren't the 10th planet system that really make it a nice contrast of styles and and matchups. 
Do so, people get intro music? Um, kind of. Like, because they want to keep things moving so fast, <laughs> they literally finish a match and they're like, hey, the winner, this guy. All right, next match. And they're already on the stage. And you go, uh, it's, it's happening. Like, I'm covering it. And I was trying to, to tweet it out. And at some point, it's moving so fast, and especially if the match has happened. Like, if you get uh, Giovanni in one of these matches – it's not lasting long, but on the same side, if you get somebody like Nathan Orchard, who's amazing outside of this, uh, this specific type of, uh, setup, he really gets to shine in, in this kind of, uh, venue. Some of the coolest high profile moves you saw. Did anyone do something like a reverse Baron Bolo backflip? I don't know. I'm just making up adjectives. Honestly, you could invent those things. Like, the more outlandish you think it sounds, the more likely it was to have happened. I kind of mentioned this before, but Nathan Orchard had what they call the Orchard Bar. It's basically an arm bar where bad things are happening all around. You might also be getting knee barred at the same time. I mean, it's it's insane. And uh, Nathan is... I mean, he's sick, dude. He's He's got really good jiu-jitsu. Very, very... Uh, great flow to it where it's so effortlessly seamless. And the weird part that you see it, something that this level is that all of these guys are really great who are competing, but even the guys who are super great competing against each other, who end up losing, uh, went on their social media or told us in confidence or, or told us later, they're just like, that was spectacular. Like, <laughs> I'll let you know I lost to a spectacular move. So I think it's fun when you watch other athletes, uh, even those who are losing to it, just so amazed by the caliber of, of the techniques that are getting used. And the weights were down. It was like yes. 155 and 135? Yes. So um, I'm not sure what the official weight category is for those, but I believe it's starving and less starving. <laughs> I'm not a thousand percent sure. I'm not a hundred percent sure. But I, but think I that's believe it's grumpy and upset about lack of Oreos. Mm-hmm. We'll check. We'll obviously get more on that. We're, yes. We're not just going to leave you hanging. Oh, of course. And I think the other thing that you have to look at is um, when all of this is going on, you're you're sitting there and you're watching these guys compete, and it is it's just a different feel. It, it, like it felt like Metamorphosis' younger, hipper cousin. Yeah, yeah. It's like a, going into an a loft of jujitsu tournaments. Yeah, it's and you feel like there's a coolness about watching it. Like, mind you, it did run long, but it, how long? What time? It, it a bit. A bit. We'll leave it at that. Okay, you. It started at what time and ended at what time? Kev, you know, time is a flat circle. <laughs> okay. So what I've heard. Time is a flat. I've never heard that before. You've never heard I, that yet? Time is a flat circle. Matthew McConaughey, man. We're in the middle of the reconnaissance. <laughs> what am I doing? Sorry. I well, don't know if you know this, Kev, but uh, <laughs> time is a flat circle. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, I'm doing these Lincoln commercials now, and things just happen. Anyway, um, was no, he there? No, he was. <laughs> you know what? There was enough weed for him to want to be there. Fifty-fifty. Uh, yeah. I don't know if you guys know this. Eddie Bravo too, sponsored by weed. Um, but <laughs> unofficial, unofficially, sponsor. you know the the great thing about it is though, like you're you're watching all of these guys compete. It's cool. It's it's in a club setting, but whereas Metamorphosis. 
and the moment you are watching Metamorphs, you know how seriously it's taking itself. Uh, EBI is way more relaxed. You know, the the competitors are very accessible. They're going around talking to people. Uh, it's really fun to watch the competitors walk out of their match and then see their teammates all around, kind of come over, talk to them a little bit, and just go like, yeah, it sucked. I mean, it was an arm bar. Or, you know, the, the other thing is some of the people were so equally matched, they had to go to overtime. And yeah. the overtime rules, have you seen them? Do you know what they are? I they go to positions mm-hmm. like you get put on someone's back for like a minute 20 or something right well, you get your choice of position so you can do uh basically over under from a back take position sitting uh you essentially have uh transition from a setup from the arm bar um so you you kind of it's almost like referee's position in wrestling um and the idea is whoever can submit or escape faster is kind of how they gauge who does overtime better. So they go to three of those, and if they don't have them, like a winner by three, then they go to time. And that's actually what ended up deciding, I think it was their lightweight? 155ers? Yeah. Uh, that's how they ended up deciding the championship for that. But it's it's intense when you get these people, and so many of them were so equally matched, they ended up going to time. So that is interesting to watch when you're watching these guys go. Who won? Uh, in one division, in the 155ers, we had uh, Denny Propikos, who's amazing, great yeah. jiu-jitsu. He and uh, Nathan Orchard had a really great final. And the thing is, both of them are 10th Planet guys, and both of them are amazing at what they do. Um, but it was weird because Nathan got to utilize some of the rubber guard that uh, Denny was using in a match right before it. So they, they have very similar attacking styles, but it went all the way to a uh, three overtime and it actually caused people to try and figure out math uh, to figure out who won. So under no circumstances, <laughs> there was definitely a few moments where people were looking around and going like, what's 29 plus 36, 49. I don't know. So they ended up doing that. And then on the other side, uh, Giovanni Fricazoid won in the 135 and, uh, not only won, but had enough energy to break dance afterwards. Oh, love it. Yeah. I like someone that can pump up the jams a little bit at the end of that ride. Don't say Coolest. That. I won't ever again. And I apologize publicly for saying it. So cool footnotes, anything uh, I can tell you that guys, this once they end up getting this all, you know, chopped and it makes its way to the internet or hopefully we start getting this thing to a TV, uh, soon enough. But when they chop it up and you guys get to see it, I think you will see some exciting highlight real stuff because when it fires at all cylinders, the matches are exciting. They're fast paced. They're crazy. And I feel much it's similar but different again like metamorphs there are similarities there are differences and i think one of the the nice similarities it does share with metamorphs and maybe more is that when guys are rolling there the audience is really educated so they know like you you hear people audibly saying like oh, that doesn't look good <laughs> and it, it's a very kind of uh cool atmosphere to be a part of. So much like Metamorphs where people, you know, ooh and ah and, and cheer at all the right parts. This is a very enthusiastic crowd to to be around. So so listening and watching them is like an event in itself, but 
good crowd, good vibe, good atmosphere. Um, I think they're already starting to plan the next one, maybe in February. So keep a lookout for that. But I, I think it's a really fascinating concept, and I think it's a cool entry because the overtime does make it so that we're not just handing people advantages or referees' decisions. So in that essence, it, it does feel a little bit more succinct. That's awesome. Well, super jealous you get to see it. Um, obviously, super jealous, especially it was sponsored by Weed. You know, well, sounds amazing. You know, <laughs> I, I don't know that we can uh, say that for official, but uh, how do we uh, get sponsored by? Yeah, unofficial. How do we sorry. Get sponsored? <laughs> well, you know, Kev, you just got to try harder. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, people keep saying that to me. All right, let's go chat up with uh, Vinny. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> oh my god. I love that you should just break into that at various times for me now. I mean, Kevin, Kevin, close your eyes. Okay. That's what I do in all my movies. <laughs> he, should, uh, he should make like Hallmark cards. You know, right, they let's gave go me talk to him. Let's go. fans uh raf and i our jujitsu nerdiness has peaked for our guest this morning who is as dangerous in the octagon as he is anywhere else we have on the line Vinny magales fresh off of and we get to add something to your title the titan fc lightweight champ how are you doing today Vinny? I'm doing pretty good, guys. I don't tell them it's that fresh. I've been two weeks already. I already want to fight again. <laughs> <laughs> you are a crazy person with your fight schedule because you fought Metamorris. Who knows where else you fight in between? You have a Titan FC title. How do you condition for that many fights? What do you do? Or are you just constantly uh, in fight mode? Well, to, to be honest, like, uh, if, if, I, if I track my whole like, career as an athlete, like, um, I have always got better results when I stayed busy, you know. Like, uh, when I wanted to see, I had, like, a fight schedule, like, two weeks later. And my focus was in that fight. And HCC uh, was just part of the preparation for the fight. And I ended up, like, winning both. Winning HCC and winning the fight, which was the, the title defense for M1. And um, also, like, my best, like, winning streak, like, you know, in my career was when I was fighting, like, every other month. So I just feel like it's much easier for me to, like, stay in shape and, uh, you know, Stay like in the gym, like training, like constantly. Then, uh, you know, doing camps like every like uh, three, four, five months. Because like you know, it, no matter like who the person is, how like the care the person is, uh, you end up like somehow getting lazy. You know, it's hard to be like in the gym for like six months nonstop without having like a goal. And for me, like when I'm like you know when I have like a competition schedule, like either if it's a grappling match or if it's a fight. I'm always like I always feel like I have something to focus on, and I always feel like that I have to be in the gym. Because otherwise, I'm not going to perform well. And uh, the action ends up being beneficial because, like, I'm always in great shape. I'm always, like, you know, I'm at the top of my game. And most of the time, when, like, in that kind of uh, mentality, like, my results always are the best. So I think that's what's been helping me. I haven't stopped training since, uh, well, I had the staff infection at the beginning of the year. I was just going to say, are you yeah, all clear from that? From that. That was a big staff. It wasn't like a, a small or an easy version. You you said in the in the preview videos, and we were seeing some of the stuff going into the fight. Um, you were down for almost five months. No, it wasn't. It wasn't that much actually. It was a um, well from the day that I found out, which was a week, like a few days before Metamorphosis, and then um, 
through the end of like the uh, when I was I was fully recovered. It took like about two months. Mm-hmm. But okay. uh, so pretty much for those two months when I was recovering and kind of like you know think of like what I was going to be doing after I was recovered. And uh, but anyway, since like I've, I've like I've been fully recovered, I haven't stopped training. So that's been like over five months now. You know, so it's like you know you rarely see people train for five months nonstop. You know, most people they they train for a camp for like anything from like eight to ten weeks, and they fight and they take like you know a month off. I know people like you no. Know, I know UFC champions that do that. It's not like something like you know, for lazy people. I know like UFC champions that do that. You know, they know they're not gonna be fighting for another like five months, so they take like a good month off. And for me, like I've never had that month off for the last like five six months. Maybe uh, once I recover from staff, I start training, and I just never stop training. And uh, I had a fight in Mexico. I had Metamorphosis. Then I had my title like a uh, fight for for Titan, and now I have Metamorphosis again. And I'm already, I'm going to start to bag, like, uh, Jeff uh, Anderson, like, for to give me another fighting title, like, by December or January. So I don't want to stop. I just want to, like, you know, stay in shape, like, keep, like, constant training. Because I know, like, you know, if I say training, if I say, like, always, you know, the best of my, my, you know, my condition, I can always, like, be, I can always perform the best I can. I can be, like, one of the good guys in the game. Yeah, and I, I mean, credit to your work ethic, but do you know what a vacation is? Do you ever... <laughs> Once does like a family member say like, "Hey, remember me? You want to do something? Staff doesn't they, count. They, they, get, they get two weeks, man. They get uh, they get two weeks. Like, look, well, it's been like two weeks since I fought. You know, for the last two weeks, you know, I've been training like once a day. Uh, it's not like I'm like all day in the gym, but I'm still training. And uh, I've been spending a lot of time with the family. Unfortunately, I cannot leave like in our town and go like somewhere else right now because I still have met on water, so I yeah. can't really like take the, the full time off. But, uh, you know, I've been spending a lot more time with the family. But, yeah, for sure, I do plan on doing those things. But uh, for now, I have some goals, you know. Uh, I just finally got back, like, into, like, you know, the winning column. Like, I finally won, like, two fights in a row again. And uh, I have some goals. So, you know, unfortunately, they're going to have three for, like, for me to fulfill these goals. And uh, then we can have, like, some, like, fun time with the family and all that stuff. I just, for whatever reason, what you're saying right here, it sounds as if, when it really comes down to it and you're planning your next fight, you're like, Hey guys, who wants to take a trip to California in a few weeks? What? No, I'm competing <laughs> as well. I mean, that's neither here nor there. That's fine. No, no, no. But California, let's go that way. Well, to be honest, like that's, that's actually part of the plan. Like too, like, you know, like, I have metamorphs. I have to go to California. I probably take my family so I can go to Disneyland and like stuff like that, you know, but, uh, I cannot plan long trips, but we for sure have like something to do. I was like, you know, we have time to do something fun. It's not like, 100% fighting, 100% like in the gym, like, you know, I would never be that way anyways. I don't know if I can, like, you know, survive that pressure. I'm just saying, man, you're a scary dude. You gotta, you're already planning fights after fights. So, like, <laughs> for all I know, you're getting outside of the parking lot at Metamorphos and you're like, somebody want to go right now? Yeah, I didn't quite get to demonstrate a flying triangle the way I like to. <laughs> want to get lippy? No, it, it's not like that. I know myself, like, I know, like, you know, I'm one of those guys, I've been competing since I first started Jiu-Jitsu, like, you know, first three weeks after I started, I was competing, and then, uh, from that point on, like, I think in the first six months, I had six competitions, like, literally, like, every month competing, and then, uh, it's one of those things I need to be, like, I need to be, like, scheduled to, to compete at something, I need to be scheduled to fight, like, to be motivated, I'm not, I'm not just, like, a guy who, I, I love what I do, it's nothing wrong, nobody forces me to do what I do. But I think the competition is what kept me doing this, and the competition is going to do what's going to keep giving the drive to keep doing this. You know, it's not just well. I like to be a fighter. I like to you know, tell people that I, I fight. I like to 
have the knowledge that I have, like it's not just about that. It's like the competitive side. It's like what keeps me doing it. It's what got me doing like you know when I first started. So I love competing, so I have to be like that's what gives me the most motivation. It's not like you know it's not learning new things. It's not just being shaped. It's like competing. That's the main thing for me. It's very true. I mean, there's a difference. Some people are very good at talking uh, about fighting rather than actually fighting. So our forte, it's, well, it's a, uh, you, I think that's well documented. Uh, but you know what, Vinny? So do me a favor. Talk to me about your preparation for your Titan FC 30 fight. You know, how was training camp? Uh, were there any problems that you were having through training camp? You know, uh, walk us through that that whole preparation that you were going for for that. Well, luckily, like uh, I. Again, this whole thing of like staying shape, you purpose, I think like kept no away from injuries too, you know. That's another thing that happens, like sometimes you take like a little time off. Then when you come back, you want to come back like too hard, you end up like hurting yourself or having people like hurting you. And uh since I've been like I say, I've been shape for the last few months, uh, I went through like uh this training camp for time like free of injuries. I felt like an old injury, like which was a lower back injury, like uh which was like it wasn't anything major. But I went to the doctor, he said, like, you know, I'm just taking, like, a couple of days, a few days off. He said, he's going to take 10 days off. I was like, dude, there's no way I'm going to take 10 days off, like, right before a fight. And so I took, like, three days off, and I was fine, like, no pain anymore. So I just, I just started training again. So it was almost like taking a weekend off. That's all the most I could do, like, for this camp. But anyways, so that was even a major injury. And then uh came back training. For this camp, the only one thing that I did differently than I, than I had done like, for my uh, last few fights Instead of just training like twice a day, let's say do like a technical training and a sparring session or like a grappling session, whatever. Uh, I added like conditioning training like every day, like during this camp, especially knowing that I was, I could possibly go like a five round fight. Uh, I did like conditioning every day. There are days I would be doing like a, a circuit training with weights and like cardio. And the next day I would just do like running rounds. So I would do like, instead of just do like running for like 30 minutes nonstop. I would do like uh, 45, 50 minutes, like being by rounds. So I would do like five minutes on a treadmill or one minute break. Almost like, you know, trying to like uh, do what I would be doing a fight. Five minutes moving, one minute like taking a, taking a rest. Yeah. So uh, I pretty much did the conditioning every day. And I was still doing like, you know, mid sessions with uh, my, uh, bad session with my tight coach, uh, grappling. I still like, you know, once, twice a day. So pretty much like I increased my, my, uh, my workouts, instead of doing like twice a day like I was doing, I started to do like three times a day. Uh, on Wednesdays, which I was doing usually like a day off, or just one workout before, either I would do like one workout guaranteed or two workouts. So I never had like a day off except Sundays. So pretty much I trained like much more than I have ever trained. I wouldn't say ever, ever trained, but like for the last few times for sure. You know, so I felt like it was weird. And like the whole thing, the whole camp, I just got that feeling that I was like, man, I'm training, I'm like in the kind of shape that I was when I was 23 years old. And uh, last year, which of course I was younger than I am now, I was thinking that I was just getting old because, you know, maybe I was not, not in great shape, maybe because <laughs> I was not training as I should have been training. So it was just so much better this time. It was probably like one of the best camps. I don't like to use the whole like, oh, this is, this is the best camp of my life because everybody says that. But this could have probably, probably was one of the best for sure. And what was your preparation like for Jason Brills? It was a five-round title fight, which, you know, you're you're talking about up in your cardio, but obviously fighting 15 minutes is hard enough, but when you add the possibility of 20 and then 25, um, that gets crazy. What were you expecting from Jason? And, uh, you know, just talk us through how your game plan against him unfolded in the fight. Well, uh, I've watched, like, many of his fights, 
And the good thing is, like, there's not much for me to be uh, really studying, but he did pretty much same thing on his fights, you know. He was one that he first his game just like I trust mine, you know. People could have told me, like, that I'm going to go, like, have an MMA fight against uh, Roger Grace, like, one of the best youth guy in the world, and I'm going to go there, and I'm still going to try to play Jiu-Jitsu, you know. Yeah. Of course, you know, I feel like if I have an edge like a strike, why not try to strike first? But I'm not going to be worried about, like, fighting on the ground. I'm not going to be scared of fighting on the ground. And uh, I think that's how Bruce fights. He knows that he might be possibly going against a guy that he's a great grappler, but he doesn't. He's not scared of fighting on the ground, and neither am I. Like you know, I know that he's gonna start taking me down. I just don't care. Take me down. Like you know, I'm still gonna be putting in my game. Then that's what I want. And uh, that's why I felt like you know he's gonna probably start taking me down. So I won't even fight the takedowns. Take me down. That's what I want, anyways. Absolutely. So it wasn't. It wasn't hard to like. It wasn't hard to study like his strategy, and uh, it wasn't hard to fight him in a certain way because like. I knew that, like, even, like, during the fight, I knew there were certain, uh, I was probably losing, like, you know, around another round, but I was really calm because I felt like, you know, I might be losing this by points, but I feel like he's fading faster, he's getting more tired than I am, and if I don't get him now, I'll get him, like, in the later rounds, and that's exactly how I was feeling the whole time, I was so calm, and then I was even surprised that my corner, my corner man was, like, seemed to be, like, more nervous than I was. I had Eddie Brown and Chaz Moku, which is my more, uh, my more tight coach in my corner. And then Eddie was the whole time just screaming for me to the team. It was like, and I was almost saying, Eddie, just stay calm, dude. I know what's happening here. Like, you know, I have this whole thing under control. <laughs> it's not like, you know, I was getting rocked from the bottom. It's not like I was, you know, I was getting knocked down. It's not like I was about to get tapped out. I was just like, you know, I might be losing points, but I feel like he's fading. And uh, I know my game. I know what I can do. I know, like, you know, that eventually I can get some help. It's like, I, I'm like, I feel like I'm like better conditioned than he is. And uh, mentally, I, I could have probably like, also be like having a little edge because I was fine. Like I, was, I knew was, everything that was happening. Like, you know, it's not like one of those fights that you fight and then after you ask me, I can't even can't even remember those things happening. That did that really happen? Like you know, it didn't happen that way for me. It was like every single second of that fight, I can't remember. You can't ask me like, what did you do that? I'll tell you what I did. It was one of those things that I was really calm. Like I knew what was happening. What was happening? I knew the rounds I was probably losing. I knew the round that I probably won. So it's one of those things, like, you know, it was a, like mentally it wasn't easy to fight. Physically, and it was awful, man. Like, you know, it was like the longest fight that I've ever had, but uh, it was cool. I won. <laughs> yeah, no, no lie. And let's talk about the win. You kick him pretty hard and immediately latch on for a guillotine. Did you, and I just presume you either know if you have it or not. Did you know immediately you had the guillotine? Uh, yes. That's actually a move that I, I trained a lot. Like, that the guillotine in half guard, I train a lot. The thing is, usually you don't sign up for my head kick when I'm training, but, uh, you know, it's not like a move that just came out of nowhere. No. I was going to uh, ask, I was like, you, you commonly drill a head kick to guillotine? That's, <laughs> that's a uh, vicious... I wish, but, you know, but uh, yeah, it does actually, I could just claim that, but uh, you don't, we don't do that. Like, I mean... <laughs> You know, it's, it's not like it has ever happened before, but uh, uh, it's they set up the kitchen set up. That's one thing that I do. But the head kick was just like an extra, you know. But the head kick I turned a lot too. People don't like don't realize, you know, like how I'm throwing like, so many head kicks in fights. Uh, couple had landed, you know. Some had almost landed, but uh, I always throw because I'm, I'm not worried about people catching my leg and taking me down. So it's one of the things I just throw. I throw it. Hey, if it lands, it lands. If it doesn't land, it like at least the guy, you know going to react somehow try to catch my leg and try to take me down so for me it's not like you know it's not hard to think hard thing to do like you know i don't think about twice like before throwing a head kick but 
he was actually a full setup. I was like, you know, he was one thing that I like to do, which is a head kick. And then the guillotine that I like, like I said, I got to drill like so much. It's not like a move that I just came out of nowhere. That's a move that I always drill, always. And I mean, you're talking about that, but there's also this great Kimura attempt that I'm looking at. And as that's happening, that looks bad for me. You know, credit to Brills because that, that looked bad. I mean... And it looked like you're, you're transitioning well. So talk us through a little bit of that as well. Yeah, actually, that's going to go back to why I ended up with the guillotine. Just like my fight before that one, uh, I hate, first of all, I hate fighting against uh, guys that are like, have a like, shorter arm, guys that are like, sm- like shorter than me. Hmm. It seems like I can never get like uh, submissions, like as far as like, arm submissions. Like they have a like, short arm, like they don't have to do like the greatest like, uh, defense to get out. So they took the, oh, their, their elbow in. And they out of the move, so that's one thing too. Like I was like, man, I'm not when I want to knock him down with a with a head kick. I didn't even think about going for an arm again. I was like, most likely he's gonna defend this one. So if I go for the neck, there's no way to like you know try to escape the neck. Otherwise, he's gonna go to sleep. And uh, that like more was kind of the sound of that situation. Like uh, I had the move. Like like I said, like it looked like I had the move, but uh, he's really scrappy. Like he's one of those guys mm-hmm. who just won't give up submissions. If he can't fight the submission, like he would not just easily give up. And uh, I felt like if he was a guy with a long arm, I would probably take it. I would have taken it. But uh, his body type helped him, and his good defense helped him. Like, everything helped him, like, you know, for those submissions. It wasn't just that one. You know, like, usually, like, I set up, like, submissions really well from side control mm-hmm. in our south. And I had him, like, a couple times in our south position setting up uh, two mortars and arm bars, and I just couldn't get it. Mm-hmm. You know, so, you know, i got to give him credit, too, like, the body type helped him, yes, but, like, the guy knows what he's doing, you know. He might not be, like, uh, the best grappler in the world, but uh, he knows exactly what he's doing, and he made a really hard fight for me. Let me, let me see if I can write down this note for myself. Uh, best advantage I have in a rolling session with Vinny Magales is being short. <laughs> I'll tell you, like, probably so, man, like, uh, I tell people, like, when it comes to, like, because, but, like, yeah, I have a reach advantage. It's like, dude. But if you're on the ground, the heat, the, 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 the reach advantage goes against you, totally mm. against you. You know, you have longer arms, like that's more arms for me to grab. Yeah. But of course, standing, that, that might make a difference. But on the ground, it's like, it's not an advantage. Was that something that surprised you? I mean, obviously you knew the reach going in, but, you, you know, you give credit to his scrappiness. But was that what surprised you most about uh, your match with him? It was, you know, uh, like I said, I was calm and all that, but uh, at a certain point, like, it was, it was a little bit frustrating, too, because, you know, like, you know, most people would have not got out of there, like, that many submissions that I tapped, you know? It's not like, you know, maybe it was one or two, and uh, especially if you're not calm, but I was calm, I knew what was going on, and I was still missing positions, so, like, at a certain point, I was getting a little frustrated, too, because, like, man, I give him credit, and actually, like, that was actually a good thing, because he made the feel, like, the fight going to the later rounds, it gave him, like, you know, it gave him that feel of having, like, a fight, you know. If I had to finish him, like, in 30 seconds, like, which was when I took him down, mm-hmm. people would be like, well, but then he took him down, and uh, he was on the ground, he was supposed to finish him anyways. So I feel like I'm not catching him, like, right away and having all the submission attempts and failing, like, some of the submission attempts, it made it more of a fight, you know. You had have, you have to go to the later rounds, so it made it more of a fight, and so I think it made it more entertaining. So it gave, like, a bigger mm-hmm. value to, the, to my win. And have you ever had anyone really put you in grappling danger in the cage? Uh, not, not, never, man. Like, to be honest, like, never. Like, being danger, like, man, I'm worried about getting submitted. You would never had, like, any situation like that. You ever. don't really get uh, submitted easily, period. 
uh, there's been a lot of rubber jokes about your um, specifically your joints. So I was just sorry. That was just a jujitsu curiousness. Well, uh, the thing that one thing that I try to avoid for sure is to give up my neck. I put my neck somehow like in a bad spot. This is the thing: arm arm bars, leg locks, and foot locks. Any of those things, it's going to be like you know, it can just be tough. Fight that, fight those moves off, and get out. Maybe you hurt something like you know a little bit. Maybe you're going to get really hurt, but like you can't like you can't really like avoid like tapping on those moves. Like now, if somebody grabs your neck, like you either tap, you're going to go to sleep. So you know, I'm, I always make sure that I'm not giving up my back. I always make sure that I'm not stick my head like somewhere that I shoot, and like I don't want to be giving up the guillotine, no matter like if, if I'm going against a really good grappler or not. You know, you never know. These are moves that you know they could work for anybody against anybody. So I, I, mean, I always make sure that I'm not giving up my neck. And uh, but uh, everything else, I'm not worried about. I would literally like drop an arm bar to get a guard pass if, if it was in a fight. I did that a couple times actually. Like, and I would just put myself in full guard, wait for the guy to go for the arm bar so I could pass. So I'm not worried about arm bars. I'm not. At all, worried about like uh, leg locks. The only thing that I have a little bit of concern is like not to give up my back, not to give up my neck, so I don't be choked out. Well, it's okay. funny that you mentioned that because let's take a, a stroll back down memory lane to Memorial Four. <laughs> There's a certain footlock that you looked, and you know we all enjoyed the finger wave of the uh uh uh, not in this house today. Uh, we all did. We we were hugely entertained by that, but are you giving up your foot in that situation? That's just a, a question that we had as we're watching it, and we're watching you. A lot of times I do so I can count with the leg lock. So I do actually give up my foot a lot so I can mm. count with the leg lock. Uh, it's funny because when, uh, when I when I went against uh, Brawler Schema like at the eight fifteen twelve nine, uh, I gave up my foot, and then Roger was cornering him. Roger was like. Don't go to his foot. He's not going to tap. He's just going to try to count the move. I was like, dude, don't tell my secrets, man. Just like, you know, <laughs> let, me do my, let me do my thing here. But, uh, shut it's up. Like I do that. Hot I do that a lot. Yeah, I do that a lot. I do just give up my foot because, you know, usually when, uh, when you're giving up your foot, there's a foot for you, for you to grab. So, like, you know, I do that a lot. It's unflexible. Uh, I have, like, a pretty decent defense when it comes to, like, leg lock. So, I, you know, that's a baby move that I use. But, uh, a lot of people are not falling to it anymore. I mean, so. well, because I guess Damn there's, it. you know, you've got people over on the side. You've got these world champions, you know, giving out your game before you're doing it. You're like, hey, for real, though, let me just do this, you guys. For us, I think it was just a, a mere more of uh, jealousy as we look and see how flexible you are. Everybody at our viewing party was watching you just go, eh, doesn't hurt. I'm good. He seems fine. <laughs> yeah, there's a, bit, there's a little bit of flexibility too, but I try not to rely so much on flexibility because I don't know, like, I know how far my body can take. So uh, there's a little bit of both. One thing that, you know, my students keep asking too, like, you know, my students, for some reason, always want to do the things I do. And they, oh, show me that, that escape. I was, like, I was like, to be honest with you, that wasn't just like escape. Like, I'm kind of like trusting my body, but I don't think you guys should do it. Mm-hmm. Like, everybody asks me, like, how, uh, you show me that defense you used against Verdun was like, uh, you know, I don't want you guys to get injured because like, I didn't get, I didn't get hurt, but I was like, that wasn't a hundred percent like a technique that I, that I used. Like mm. there was some technique, but I also like, you know, I trust my body. I was like, man, let's how far my body can go in this. But, uh, it wasn't something that, you know, that I would be recommend everybody to be doing it. Absolutely. And so, and, so, and I, it's nice that you're at least open about that. Cause you get a lot of people that are like, Oh, it's technique. And it's like, and it's like Hey, you guys be careful. This shit's advanced. <laughs> Do we know? I mean, there's some like, uh, 
I can I can literally like go to the gym and repeat that move, but I tell them like, dude, there's some technique in this, but also like you know the flexibility. There's like you know, experience. Ball should to stay here, so <laughs> it's one of those things like it's a combination of everything. It's not just it's not just a purely technique. Okay, well I already have on my list, Raph. I wrote down being shorter. Okay. And I also have uh, trust the body and don't just try and do what Vinny does, which is. Uh, good, because I got to tell you, that wasn't going to be an option for me anyway. I, say, I, I can do two of those. I, I'm pretty good at being shorter and not trying to replicate Vinny's game. I think the rest yeah. of it I have problems I don't think with. anyone would accuse me of that. Yep. Um, Vinny, do you know what's next for the Titan FC now that you're the belt holder? Well, uh, here's the thing. With, like, you know, the company just it started with the new, like, you know, it's a, or new guy, there are new guys that are running the promotion. Um they just start to like get all the new fires signed. I think they're gonna have like a light heavyweight fight uh, on the next card. It's, it's not this next one, the other one, and uh, likely this is gonna be the, 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 the new like uh, number one contender fight. So I'm pretty much just waiting for this fight to happen so I can have like a challenger. Uh, I jumped in like that was the first fight ever for the title. So me and Bruce was like, you know, he did well in fought for the promotion twice. I luckily got in on the shot right off the bat, and. uh I want the title, so now I just have to pretty much wait for somebody. But uh, if they can't, I would hope they could give me a fight in December or January. I just want to fight as soon as possible. You know, I have better mores now, and uh, I want to just stay busy, you know, like I say. To get better mores, next day I'm going to be training. Yeah. Yeah, you know, like, it's easier for me, man. It's easier for me, and I feel like there's less pressure on myself, too, you know, because if I know I've been training for this long, if I know, like, I've being in shape, it's not like I had to get in shape again. I've been in shape mentally, physically, everything just works much better for me. You know, I think it's even mentally, it's even more important because I know like there's no way this guy's train more than I am. There's no way that this guy's train like in the last year nonstop. So you know, I think mentally is much bigger than even physically. I do enjoy. You know, we asked you about your family, but the other people I don't know that we really got to address in this, you taking on every single fight every so often, is your training partners, Do when they hear you've lined up another fight, they go, oh, man. <laughs> All right. Yep. He's in camp mode again. Thanks, Great. Vinny. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be good. Yeah, you know, you know the funny thing for you to bring that up? Like, I've, like, I've been trying to be this way, so I can actually motivate my training partners to be the same way. Mm. And that's the only time that I was thinking this week. is like, man, I want to make sure that these guys see that I've, I've been training on the stop. It's like most people in Vegas act the same way. You know, they fight. They take it like a month off. They don't have anything scheduled. They take like two, three months off, especially the, the guys that, the, you know, the big name guys, the guys that just, they know they're going to be fighting once, twice a year. They they don't show up in the gym for like literally two months. So like I, I want to be that guy that's going to leave you like inspire these guys to like, you know, be in the gym even, even if they don't have something coming up. So I'll have a fight a couple of days off. Then I was back in the gym. Even if it's not the training, like, you know, 100%, I'm going to be back in the gym training yeah. somehow. It's doing, like, one class, doing, like, a, a Jesus session, doing, like, uh whatever. Better work, like, lifting weights. But I'll be in the gym. I'm not going to be the one, like, you know, taking, like, three months off the gym. So, yeah, you know, I don't think people like when I'm, like, you know, in training mode, like, that much. It's, <laughs> like, you know, I, it, it's not, it's probably, I don't go 100%, but when it comes to grappling, I go 100%. And then, uh, yeah, that, Probably is not too comfortable for some guys, but uh, it's good for everybody. I mean, think about it. If you have like a guy that has a lot of experience in jiu-jitsu, he's always training with you. Like that has to be beneficial for you. So, you know, it might hurt the body, but like I think technically it just helps them. 
I mean, Vinny, in this scenario, yes, that sounds like a great thing. But if it's rolling with you continuously, something's getting hurt on me. So I don't know exactly <laughs> in that scenario how great that works out. I'm term. guessing my arm. If yeah. I just had to guess. Just a, just a yeah. Guess. Well, <laughs> he's like, yeah, I can already hear it from your voice. Yeah, yeah. arm bar you. No, you know, it's funny, you know, like, the whole, like, you know, training with somebody that's, like, you know, somehow did it. You're, like, you help you. Like, I have one student, like, this guy, he's speed fine amateur. Really hard to get him, like, profiles. So, he's my size. and one of my best training partners. He has no belt in jiu-jitsu. He's only been training, he's been training for, like, two years just for fighting. Literally, just super fighting, not being in grappling competition or anything. But he's been training for me for this last few months, like, so that I haven't stopped training. He's been, like, pretty much my main training partner. So, you know, he's just getting a lot better, like, really good, like, it's good grappling is just like competition like we can just go and compete and do really well. So he did. I had him compete at the Gracie Worlds, the the the, the submission only tournament. Yep. Uh I felt like he was good enough to compete as a brown belt. And wow. he went there, he competed mm-hmm. as a brown belt and he finished all the brown belts. And that's a guy who has no ranking. The guy who's been training for like a little over like three years and uh, he did really well. He beat he beat like a ten pound brown belt, beat a drive brown belt and another guy that I can't remember what gym he was from, but uh you know, he's being legit brown belts, and he's not even ranked. That's so sick. I feel like, you know, training with somebody that's good is going to make just as good, you know. That's awesome. That, that's really good. And credit to him. Uh, do you want to shout him out? Yeah, man, like Corey Hendricks. That was my main training partner for this fight. I could have done my whole camp just training with him uh, five rounds a day, seven rounds a day, and I would have had to sit perform the same way. The guy's just like, you know, complete good striker, good wrestling. And his juice is just, you know, getting just so much better, too, so. That's awesome, man. So now we're talking, you know, you're, you're, you're talking a little bit more about your jiu-jitsu. Let's talk about Metamorphs 5. What can we expect from you coming up at Metamorphs 5? Well, I do have actually a rematch that most people don't know. That's a match that uh, has already happened. I think it was in 2006 or 7. It was 2007. I, I went against Kevin Casey in, uh, I think it was a Pan American tournament, like a grappling. So I had him, like, I beat him by, by a toe hole. So that's a rematch that people don't even know. That people, that's the... They probably think that's just this first match that's happening between us. And uh, we have also trained it together like when you were uh, on top 17, when I was assistant coach for Chael, and he was one of the fighters in the team. So, you know, me and Kevin, like, I know each other really well. Uh, I think it was one how Grayson tried to set up this match, that he wants to do the match for some reason. Me and Kevin, you're like, man, like, Kevin, ready to compete against each other. We became friends, just trained together a little bit. But let's do it. It's just a grappling match, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah especially. But, uh, for- I'm excited, man. I'm excited because once you step in there, it's like it's competition. I don't care if the guy's my friend, he's just like my brother. It's going to be live. You're going to be going at it. You know, you're going to be trying to catch each other for sure. Hide your legs. I guess Kevin knows that. <laughs> and I shall give up my foot so he can catch it. Maybe he's <laughs> We'll hear Hodger on the side being I like, mean, no, don't. <laughs> don't grab it. I will say this. I'm glad that you filled in the blanks for us to, to talk a little bit more about your rematch because. I guess on paper it just kind of reads like, "What? Who replaced me at Metamorphs Three? Let yeah. me fight them." Under no circumstances, <laughs> you don't replace Vinny. That's what I say. No, I mean, I, you know, people don't give credit to to Kevin that much. I, I you know, I, I always read stuff like about me, like uh, like especially when he pops up on like Facebook, and they're like, "Oh, it's a mismatch." It's not. Man. Kevin's a legit black belt. You know, like he's a legit black belt who has not had like as much as. Uh, matches that I've had like in competition has not competed you know on the highest level as I have competed but uh, he's good he's just one of those guys you know he chose a different path like in his career so like he didn't get to compete like as many times as I did 
But uh, he's just as legit as any other guy that I've gone against. So, you know, it should be a good match. It's not going to be easy for neither one of us to get anything. Like, the first match, it wasn't easy. I, I had him, like, I caught him, but uh, it wasn't an easy match. It's not like I just got him, like, 30 seconds and walked away, you know? So, uh, I believe this this one could be just one of those really good matches that people are not expecting to be. That's awesome. Well, we'll, we'll obviously be watching, and we're uh, looking forward to seeing you fight. And, of course... When we find out about Metamorris, we assume you'll also be booking two or three more MMA fights in the coming year. <laughs> Maybe even on the same card, Kevin. Maybe. Hey, well, most likely. Most likely, man. That's the best part of the goal. So, yeah, Metamorris in November. Uh, I'm already like, shooting for another fight in December or January. And then hopefully I'll get Metamorris six. I don't know where it could go against, but uh, yeah, right here. You know, Vinny, I'd be remiss to ask uh, if we didn't actually get this question out, but would you be open to a rematch with Keenan? Uh, is there something that you feel like there would be a difference? Do you feel that you've learned something new about his game since then? I mean, I would love to do it. Like, here's the thing. I would love to rematch Keenan. I would love, love to rematch Bushfisher, which you know, I, I did it mm. before. But it's like one of the things. Like, I, I did him. Yeah, yeah the only big time that he had won was, uh, was the Nokia Worlds. And, uh, you know, a lot of people don't give him much credit for the Nokia Worlds. So he won the Nokia Worlds. And then after that, that's when he became, like, an ITC champion. That's what, after when he became, like, a Gear World champion, which really means something in the Jiu-Jitsu community. So now that's why I want to go against Bushesha again. Because, like, you know, even though I did him, I could have just walked away. Like I said, yeah, I beat him, so what? No, I want to go against him again, see if, it, you know, things would go the same way. And uh, definitely I would love to go against Kenny again. I would love to go against Sandrago. I would love to go against all the top guys. It's more of those things, even though I'm not competing a lot in Jiu-Jitsu, I'd like to, like, when it comes to a grappling match, I do want to go against the best guys. I want to test myself against the best guys. So, you know, no reason for me to run away for a rematch against Kenny. I think it would be a lot better if you had another 20 minutes, like, to go. Because, like, you know, that, that match was close, you know. It's, uh, People are like, well, he passed, he mounted, like, he mounted. Yeah, but that's a different strategy, you know. If you're not thinking about points, why would you care about guard pass? Why would yeah. you care about mount? Yeah, it's, it's submission like, only. But Bishop yeah. is much bigger. So Bishop is much bigger than Keenan, has much better guard pass than Keenan, and he couldn't pass my guard. Why? Because there were points. And it was really yeah. to find a point. So, like, I had to stop the guard pass. Like, with Keenan, I was like, dude, if he doesn't take my back, if he doesn't walk like a rear naked choke, if he doesn't walk like a he's not going to tap me out. So, like, yeah, go for the mount, go for the pass, do those things, like, you know, that I'm not going to be wasting energy to fight for. And uh, if there was anything that was closing that match to, to get a submission was that heel hook. It's like, you know, he hurt his ankle, like, he was ice, his foot was huge after the match. So, it's like, yeah, why not to get a match against? So he could, each time they can get him. Yeah. So, I feel like, you know, another 20 minutes wouldn't be bad. Another 20 minutes would, you know, wouldn't be bad at all. Four jiu-jitsu fights, I want to say. For you, like, how close did you think that was? Like, was, I mean, it looked really bad on TV. Uh, most guys would have tapped. It wasn't, it wasn't just close. I had it. It was not one of those things. Oh, it was close. I had it. He just didn't want to tap. Mm. I don't know if you guys, if you guys rewatched it, that, that part actually, like, as soon as you, you like, go to move, uh, I asked, are you okay? Dude? Like, in the, during the match. So now, mm-hmm. like, I wait for after the match. I stopped, like, you know, as soon as you, like, you know, he gets out of the move, it's like, yeah, are you okay? And he's like, yeah, yeah. And then I was like, man, like, no need for that. <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's one of the things, I mean, you're not making that much money. I mean, like, you, compared to, like, any other grappling, like, uh, organization, that's the most unsure you can make. Like, you did yeah. really, really well for a grappling promotion, but then it comes back to, like, we don't have, like, there's no insurance in that. It's not like you're making, like, you know, $100,000 to go for that match. Like, you don't want to get, like, you know, especially with him being that young, he doesn't want to get, like, a major injury, you know? So that's yeah. what I was worried about. But uh, if he didn't want to tap, good for him. Like, you know, you, both of us walked out with a draw. It wasn't great for either one of us. 
But uh, if it was me, like I said, I would like a top so I'd walk or an arm bar or something like that. But if I feel like I'm about to get like seriously injured, I'll probably tap. That was no, a great match. That, like, in a grappling match. I would probably tap. I mean, all of us were most expecting if, tap. if you were standing back up, we were all expecting – I mean, we were looking for it as he was standing back up. We're all and the whole question in our viewing party was, is he limping? Like, is he okay? And he looked relatively fine, but it's that kind of fine that you're like, yep, I'm good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's funny because I think there's a picture uh, on my on my Instagram. He was like, no, after I went to the back, like to the the warm up like, room, and I went there to stock the team. And, like, then you're like taking pictures. And uh, as I walked in, like, his ice in his foot. And like he sees me, like, you know, then he like, realized that he was nice and he's like, just took the ice off. Then, but then you can see in the picture that his foot's like huge. Mm. His ankle's was like just like huge and like all red. Mm. It's like, dude, like, you know, if it hurt, if it hurt, like, why not to like tap? Yeah. Just give me the win, you know? Kids these days. Like, they're crazy. No, they're, like, you know, like, uh, you know, that's nothing wrong with what he did. I would, probably, I would have done the same, same thing. Pretty much, but I didn't get hurt, but, uh, that's pretty much the mentality I used when I went against Verdum. You know, I knew the risk of getting hurt. I didn't get hurt, luckily. Like, you know, nothing happened. No damage whatsoever. But uh, I took that risk. So, I, you know, I can't blame for doing the same. You cannot blame for doing the same. I, I would have done the same. I've done the same before, so. That's fair. And I mean, blame. you know, if anything, you, you just ruined him from taking strolls on the beach to go find missing IBJJF medals. So, you know, I, I don't know <laughs> that you're taking much. too much. Have you been working on your Metamorris preview face? Does that all come together when they bring out those film crews? Do you have your, like, all right, guys, here's the pose we're doing this time when they zoom in on us? How much? You know, it's funny. Like, it's so hard to get, like, uh, to shoot something for Metamorris. It's like, you know, I, I usually I grapple, like, my main training is my MMA training. Like, you know, that's what I get, like, most of my condition. That's what I, I get, like, more of intense, like, uh, grappling session. That's where I get, like, you know, get myself in shape. Uh, but like when it comes to pure grappling, that's during my class. I just train with my students, and uh, it sucks because sometimes when I, when a metamorph crew comes to like shoot the videos, I have like five guys in the match. Like, dude, why do you guys just decide to just appear today? <laughs> so you know, but uh, <laughs> overall, like the last time I had to just copy me, guys are gonna have metamorphs today. Then I have like you know, thirty, forty guys in the match. Mm. But uh, we'll work on something. You know, if I can scenario, I feel like- make a suggestion, maybe what you do is you go, hey, guys, free seminar. What? Metamorse crew here. What? What's that? <laughs> it's not. You know what I think it is? Also, like, I think they think, like, you know, Vinny's going to do this video for Metamorse. Probably going to try to, like, you know, tap us out, like, over and over again. I don't want to be on the video, like, uh, getting tapped out. Yeah, nobody wants to be a highlight reel. That's that's a hard <laughs> thing to, to really get people to, to- I volunteer. I'm okay with it. <laughs> well, I, know, I, mean, I know, but uh, I mean, and to to Kevin's credit, yeah. uh, you know, Vinny, I don't know if you know this, but we have uh, done some recreations of the last Metamorphs match, and Kevin actually recreated your game in one of those recreations. Apologies, apologies in advance. What do you I mean? What does like, that uh, mean? Oh, uh, Kevin, go ahead. No, you go. <laughs> we um because we couldn't get press footage of Metamorris, we recreated the matches, sort of like drunk history. So um we did the match between you and Keenan as it was described by another jujitsu podcast. Um we can send you the video and uh <laughs> you can review it thoroughly. That'll be and then our I can send you Kevin's address where you no, can No, there's find no need him. to do that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'll check that out for sure. 
I'm going to take that off for sure. <laughs> I like uh, that Vinny's now making notes. He's like, yeah, okay. Yeah, I'll definitely look at that, Kevin. Yeah, it's like I'm gonna, <laughs> Kevin I'm gonna Phillips. Yep. Stay active in the airports. Won't go to one <laughs> location. That'll it'll be very hard to armbar me if he can't find me. That's and the... I will say this. Uh, you know, we did have somebody who actually sent us a message. Uh, this comes from uh, Hanato Laranja, who wrote in and said, "Ask Dutch guy why he spends more time in a buffet line than in a gym." What I'm saying is the guy is fat. Any response to that? Well, you know, that's funny coming from a guy. I mean, since he has retired from a huge, huge competition, because I don't know if you guys know the best being like, he claims to be like a 27-time world champion. Uh, but that's been like at least five years, and he's been just claiming 27 times. So that means that he hasn't competed like forever, mm. which uh, I think it justifies the fact that why he's fat. Because the last time I saw him, <laughs> he was the one who looked completely out of shape. He just didn't look like, you know, it's not like, oh, he looks like a guy who's like, you know, used to be an athlete. No, he looks completely out of shape. So I think he's just trying to, like, you know, take the attention from him. He doesn't want people to be talking about, like, how fat he is. So he's saying that I'm the one who's fat, which, you know, he could have said differently. Just watch, like, you know, uh, my recent fight. I didn't look fat at all, and that fight was two weeks ago, so I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> is this something that we need to set up at a future Metamorphs? I was going to say. That you would never go against. He would duck me like forever. He had ducked me like you know in a street fight. He had chances to fight in the street, and he's always he's always ducked me. It's not one of those things that you know he wants. He he doesn't want that. That's for sure. He'll duck me for forever. That's fantastic. Well, Vinny, we can't tell you how much fun we have uh, getting to talk to you. We've been big fans of your career for a long time, and um, are constantly following your ADCC flying triangles and pretty much everything else you're doing. Um, people can find you on Twitter at Vinny MMA. Any other uh, shout outs we need to make for you or, or places that people well, can that's, consider? that's pretty much it. Like, you know, I'm always there. I'm outside, always active on Twitter. And uh, that's linked to my Instagram account, which, like, you know, I don't even like to talk about Instagram because it's mostly pictures and there's nothing really going on. <laughs> but uh, that's where usually, like, you know, your shout outs to my sponsors and all that. So I don't need two extras now because if you want to go to my Twitter, you're going to sell the shout out to my sponsors, my gym, my training partners, and everybody else that's around me. Absolutely. And if you just wait a few more minutes, you'll see another article about him getting in a fight. So it's really, it's really easy to watch. <laughs> well, Vinny, this has been a blast for us here at Verbal Tap. Listeners, let's uh, make sure we follow this guy on Twitter at MMA. And big thanks to you for swinging by the podcast. Uh, thank you guys for having me. Show you was fun, man. I really liked it. It was fun. Awesome. Vinny Magalhães. What a podcast this has been. Uh, I, Vinny's awesome. Yeah, Vinny's great, dude. Vinny's great. Really cool guy. And all I could think about was the different people I'd like to see him. When he started naming names, oh, like, I love to see him fight Keenan again. Love to see him fight Galvo. Love all the people he's naming right now. For me, I think he just has a, a laundry list of people written on like a little note card in his wallet that he just pulls out anytime he gets asked that question. And, and probably just starts going down. And he's like, oh, Galvo. And I would also be open to, uh, I don't know, what's Cobrino up to? And uh, let's go further down the list. Are they in my weight class? Don't even care. Let's go ahead and bring Marcelo Garcia out of retirement. Okay, let's keep going. 
<laughs> I got nothing but time. Um, and I watched the fight with him and Buchecha, and that was the one. It was like, oh, absolutely. Let's get those two on the mats again. Anyway, so. And I think he knows that, like, there's there's a niceness in hearing him say, you know, it's not being content just having a match with Buchecha back then. It's knowing that Buchecha has improved so much since that match. And that is his game is on a different level and wanting to be challenged at that level as well. Yeah. And, and that's not even, we're talking, that's just jujitsu, like MMA wise. It'll be really interesting to see who Titan FC gets for him next. It'll be interesting to see how that goes. Did we sign you up for a fight with him? Because I felt like, as he was saying, he has a problem (laughs) signing up for too many fights. I was like, I think we just signed Kevin up for a fight with him. Well, that would certainly keep his competitive edge uh, dull. I was about to say, I was like, this sentence better end very quickly in a very different way. Uh, no, that would be, we certainly signed up for me to get tapped out a lot on a highlight reel. That'd be fun. Mm-hmm. That would be. I, I just I, feel it's it's the uh, penance you needed to have for having a terrible Vinny impression. It is fair. And i pretty scared he's going to see that video, but at least it says, you know, I properly prefaced that it's not a very good Vinny. The... Eddie Bravo Invitational 2, love what they're doing. Um, cool to hear you recap it. And it's time for us to do a little shout-outs. Yup. I'll start in Kansas this weekend for a wedding. Nancy and Joe. Nancy Odrowski. I get Nancy Hibbert now. Um, one of my longtime friends. You know, he said since preschool. So it was a really fun chance to see. Congrats to those two. Great wedding. Really awesome country wedding. Really awesome. Um, who else? Oh, I was like, who else was I supposed to think? <laughs> my family. That's right. Who's been hosting me uh, over at my sister's right now. Got the mobile podcast station rocking. Well, mildly swaying. I guess it's probably a better. Well, you be the judge. Audience, don't judge me for too much rocking. I love it. And BJJ and MMA Academy out there in Chantilly, VA. Had some really good training before I left. In fact, I can still feel a tinge in my neck from really good training. Followed me all the way here to Kansas. Um, and excited to head down to Austin to do a little training this weekend. And that is going to do it for me, Rafa Sparza. Uh, let's go ahead and start by shouting out Valley Martial Arts Center. VMAC. Great training happening out that way. I want to go ahead and drop a note over to my buddy Naz. Naz, good training with you this week. Uh, your cross collar has gotten much better. So kudos to you, good sir. Kudos to you. Uh, I also want to shout out our friends at Subconscious Jiu-Jitsu. You guys are always so cool to roll and train with. Jesus, I, I feel like... And I don't say this often, but I feel like some part of my game has improved and a lot of it is because of you guys. So if I do have any improvements there, uh, thank you guys and thanks, uh, Brent, John. You guys do good work. Um, Let's go ahead and shout out the folks that we saw at EBI. Kev, it was – you know what it is. These events are so great because you get to run into everybody. I really appreciate getting to see a whole bunch of folks on the jiu-jitsu circuit. I'm excited because next week is the expo, which we will be going to. So I'm I'm pretty stoked. So a uh, shout-out to everybody we got to see there. Nawaza, uh, we got to see, Jesus, uh, good folks from Jean-Jacques who were helping out and uh, doing good stuff. Sean Megami from Dream Jiu-Jitsu. 
Um, I mean, the list is kind of endless, but uh, all the people who worked over at EBI as well, I want to thank you guys for your hospitality. You guys were so nice and you worked tremendously hard. They had a long day that took some of them from 7 a.m. in the morning to 2 a.m. And uh, it, it's a true credit, uh, credit to their character that they were not just going strong, but that they were very nice and polite to everybody who, who I saw them interacting with. Uh, I want to go ahead and shout out, you know, two of my buddies who actually train over at Subconscious, uh, I ran into, Kev, have, have you ever had this happen? I don't know that you have. But um, I went to go smash a sushi dinner. Absolutely. And uh, I just, I finished it. I, I really beasted this food. <laughs> And I walk out and I run into two training partners on their way to go train. And uh, it's in downtown just Burbank. Put it down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm super fat at this point. <laughs> Feeling I, great. Yeah, I feel great. And I'm like, see them. And they're like, hey, Ralph, what's up? You coming to train? I'm like, obviously not. No. Also, I'm a giant fatty because my weakness is Philadelphia rolls. I will not lie. Oh, cream cheese. Mm-hmm. You and me both. Mm-hmm. We're on the same page mm-hmm. there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just delicious. Whatever it is. I don't even care. You put a scallop on it. I don't care. It doesn't go together. Whatever. I'll put yeah. it in the mouth. It's good. <laughs> so, um, I just, and the best part is not only did I run into them there, but then the next day I run into them at EBI and I go, Hey guys, thanks for making me feel fat. Totally cool. They're just laughing. They're like, no, it's totally cool. You need a day off. And I was like, yeah, I know. So my credit to them. And uh, it'll be good to see them again at training. So I want to thank them. Guys, also, there is a white belt tournament coming at, at Valley Martial Arts Center. It is on November 9th. It is a $30 tournament. You guys can find more information about that over at valleymac.com. That is Mac. Dot com. If you guys want more information, it's a great, great setup. I know they're starting to get a lot of more of the slots filled up, so you guys want to get in quick if you want to get in on that tournament. And uh, hopefully we get to see you guys there because uh, it's going to be a great time. We always try and host a good tournament for you guys over here in the Northern California. I'm sorry, Southern California. Where the shit am I today? Who knows? Southern California. I'm like, I'm just traveling so much. I guess that's where I'm ending up. <laughs> and uh, let us know if you guys are in up the expo. We'd love to run into you guys and, uh, There'll be a few of us uh, and a couple of our friends that will be over at the expo. So definitely shoot us a note. Let us know what's good. And uh, hopefully you get to see you guys there. Can't wait. That's going to do it for us tonight here at Verbal Tap. I'm Kevin. Thanks for listening. Good night and good fun. Uh, this is Matthew McConaughey. No, that's not it. That's no, not it. Try it again. Wait, all right, all right, all right. No, don't do that. That's okay, too easy. I don't know. That's, I'm just trying to get in the register. Don't be mean. It's not mean. You gotta it's start just... easy. It's like, yeah, you have to learn the arm bar first. Then no. you start checking from the back. Cat, cat, let me tell you something. Yeah. All you gotta think about is imagine me talking with Woody Harrelson. What we be talking about? <laughs> I think you know what we be talking about. Please just call me at random times as Matthew McConaughey. Oh, most so. definitely. You know, there was a time when me and Kate, you know, Kate Hudson. Yeah. <laughs> we did one of the nine movies we did together. Uh, I think it was called Fools Rush Into Gold. I don't even know. Sounds right. Failure to Launch Gold. Yeah, like Failure to Launch Gold. Oh, days. man, that's a good one. I should make that one. No, I make serious movies now. Oh, that's true.
Anyway, go see Interstellar in uh, Chris Nolan. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Great free plug.